What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the first episode of the Real Football Show. I'm Lizzie Vetrano, your co-host. Um, I'm the U.S. editor for 90 Min, covering all North American football, including Gigamikis, MLS, and NWSL. I'm here with Gino Ganello. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? How's everything? I'm excited to be here. Uh, we're finally, this has been in the works for a very long time. We've been talking about this for a while, um, and it's finally finally happening so i'm excited i'm excited to be here there's so much to talk about let's uh let's get rolling yeah so today we're going to be talking about the u.s men's national team the omissions inclusions absolutely everything about it so gino you were actually at the roster reveal in new york tell us how that went about the vibes the reactions everything (laughs) Yeah, the reactions were pretty funny. So um, it was an invite only thing. So I believe everybody that was there was only invited, was invited by the U.S. men's national team. So whether it be, you know, VIPs, the American outlaws were there. Um, there were obviously other media there as well. Um, got in and, and around, you know, you guys saw the show on live on, on ESPN. So don't really need to get too much into that. Um, there was basically you know, just the roster reveal talking to the guys. Um, it was interesting when Greg came out, there was a lot of Jesse shouts and, um, some, some things against Greg. So, um, it would end up coming from the, from the American outlaws. So that was, that was very interesting because they were very close to the stage. Um, so he definitely heard them, um, and laughed it off a couple times, but, uh, it was a little bit tense there, especially after, and we'll get into it. Some of the, did the inclusion, some of the omissions. Um, he did talk about it a little bit. We had to leave to go to the mix zone, talk to some of the players. And, you know, you'll see a lot of the content um, that we've already talked to a lot of these American based players. Um, you'll see a lot of that on our Instagram and our Twitter follow below. Um, and um, yeah, then we got to talk to Greg and, and talk to some of the European guys and um, a lot of interesting stuff that was said. Um, a lot of it that I'm sure you have heard and some of it maybe that you haven't heard yet. So we're going to get into all of it. 
and I'm excited to talk with Lizzie about it because we have talked about it behind the scenes a little bit, but we haven't really talked about it in full. So uh, I'm excited to get into all of it. Yeah, and it's definitely interesting you mentioned the Jesse chants or comments from a house or um, point of view watching that on ESPN. You definitely heard conversations and comments being shouted out, but I personally didn't hear Jesse. And it's just been interesting to see Greg's trajectory throughout CONCACAF qualifiers and now heading into the World Cup. Fans definitely seem to be on his side for the years leading up to this, um, but now in the recent months have since shifted, whether that may be because of results or players being chosen or whatnot, but it definitely reflected during that roster reveal. And I do want to point out that the U.S. men's national team seemed to be one of the only national teams to announce it this way. Other national teams are opting for a video announcement or just publishing the list. I know Mexico won't be doing something so flashy. They could never make something live. People would have too many (laughs) comments. But yeah, no, it's definitely interesting to see the U.S. men's national team, as much as they want to control it, still be somewhat vulnerable to the reactions because, as we said before, there's a lot of names no one expected with or without leaks. I think it was definitely interesting. So to kick it off, we're going to have the list up on the screen just for everyone to see who was chosen, what the names were. Some very expected, Serginho Dest, Horvath, Matt Turner, Pulisic. Those, I think, were all very much expected. McKinney, um, Ferreira. However, you definitely have some new figures, some forced by injuries. For sure. Some (laughs) who clawed their way into it. I think to start off, let's go with the forwards. Mm-hmm. number one omission Ricardo Pepe what are you yeah thoughts? yeah I mean and just a lot of these things were reported prior to the event so uh, I think a lot of us knew going into it that Turner Johnson Horvath was the three goalkeepers and, and we can talk a little bit more about that as we get into it but the omission of Stefan obviously a big point there um, the center back situation was also another thing that was released prior to the event and we'll get into that but looking at the forwards you know you go down the line and you look from top to bottom here on this right right hand column and and I think two names stick out I think Jordan Morris sticks out a little bit for some people because Paul Ariola has had such a um, big presence in the United States men's national team over the past year specifically his connections with Jesus Ferreira um I think a lot of people expected him. And and personally for me, I really do like Paul Ariola. This Jordan Morris one feels like a, um, and again, they did have the camp. So we don't know what happened in the camp that Morris and Ariola were both included in. Um, But this Morris one feels more like a two torn ACLs coming back, a feel good story type of thing more than, the quality of Morris and I'm not saying Jordan Morris doesn't have quality and, and he is a very talented player, but personally I would have went with, I I would have went with um, Paul Areola, but that's not the biggest one. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I I totally know what you mean when it comes to Morris versus Areola. I'm personally a fan of picking players who have connections with others day in and day out. Mm -hmm. Sure. You have Roldan and um, Morris who play together, but truly we know Jesus Ferreira is going to be starting that game that 
he's going to see minutes on the field. And so having Paul Ariola, who's with him day in and day out, playing for FC Dallas all the time together, they've developed that chemistry rather quickly because this is Paul Ariola's first season with FC Dallas. So seeing that, I think his omission was unfortunate. We were lucky enough to speak to Jordan Morris a couple weeks ago before the roster announcement. So he had a couple things to say, but I think it was definitely unfortunate to see Paul Ariola omitted from this roster. Yeah, I mean, just for a guy who's been so, so prevalent in the squad for this past year and these these CONCACAF qualifiers, a guy who really, when given the opportunity, hasn't done anything wrong. Um, and, right. and it was a little bit heartbreaking to see his post. And obviously, he's the one that stood out because um, he, had, he had the longer post, posted it right about after the roster reveal. But, I mean, for all these guys who missed out, you have to feel for them who have worked so hard and have been included in this cycle and have been included in, you know, what has been the journey to get here all the way from 2014 after missing the World Cup in 2018. So I feel for Paul Ariola, if it were me, based on, again, connections, the way he's played for the U.S. men's national team, I would have taken him over Jordan Morris. But I, that doesn't, again, that doesn't take anything away from Jordan Morris. It's just personal opinion. Um, and then, yeah. you know, the big one that we have to talk about that needs to be talked about is the Haji Wright decision, a name that has been sprinkled in there um, from time to time over the past few months, but has never really gotten much steam. Obviously, he's having a very good season in the Turkish League. Um, nine goals for uh, his his Turkish team. But... It's he's a guy who has not featured for this team very recently or prominently, and a guy who just I I understand it, but the the passing up of of P folk and Pepe was was uh, certainly a shock not only to me but I, I think to a majority of the the U.S. men's national team fan base. Yeah, and to your point, I think we also spoke to Greg Berhalter a couple weeks ago and. I asked him what he was taking into consideration when thinking about the 26-player roster headed to Qatar. And he mentioned it was a combination of club performances, active performances, and definitely, definitely their participation with the men's national team. So seeing Haji Wright included would make sense in the sense that he's been performing really well for Mm -hmm. his club. But with the men's national team, he hasn't been as present. And seeing Ricardo Pepe omitted, listen, he he may not be my favorite player. He may not be my go-to. But I think it's unfortunate when you have a player who has contributed so much to the men's national team during the CONCACAF qualifiers in the months leading up to this tournament and then having him omitted. I think there was not a lot of clarity when it came to the player. He was also omitted from a recent camp to which – Greg Halter said, we're resting him. It doesn't mean he's not important. He definitely is. He's a key part of this squad, but we're resting him for now just to see yeah. how things go. Again, not very clear. He's still saying he's a huge part of everything going on. And then you have him move from the Bundesliga to the Eredivisie, where very up and coming, he's scoring goals, he's seeing minutes, and he's still omitted, to which Greg Halter responded, Josh Sargent has been doing really well, and the championship is more physical than the Eredivisie. So I think 
from a fan point of view and even from a journalistic point of view, those inconsistencies leave so many questions unanswered as to who could have been included. Personally, I don't think a lot of people saw it coming because he was doing so well, but Greg Berhalter has a sense of scooting around a question and not being as transparent as he seems to be. I think the most unfortunate comment is that the U.S. men's national team as a whole, not just this year, not just this cycle, as a whole has a tendency of using players for CONCACAF qualifiers and then leaving them out of World Cup rosters. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, you just, and again, Greg did say while we were speaking to him at the press conference, he did mention that he put up Haji Wright up against Jordan Peefolk, not Haji Wright up against the three or the the group. It wasn't a group. It was Haji Wright versus Jordan Peefolk, and then Pepe was mixed in with Josh Sargent and Jesus Ferreira. Couple things about that too is I understand the Josh Sargent thing. Physicality seems, and Greg's had this thing again. He mentioned it again. It's it's been something he's talked about consistently. Is how he looks at the tournament as two different tournaments: the group stage and the knockout rounds. And when you're playing teams like Wales, when you're playing teams like England, you're going to expect a more physical matchup probably, which is understandable to want to bring in a guy like. Haji Wright or a guy like Josh Sargent into those situations. My problem is um, Jesus Ferreira did not score, has not scored in forever, has not gotten into great spaces in his in, in the MLS, has now had weeks off since he's last played in an official game. Whereas Ricardo Pepe has however many goals he has now in, in the uh, in the Dutch league and. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it like you pronounce it, Lizzie. It's not even going to go well. Um, the uh, has however many goals he has in the Dutch league has contributed, has done basically everything that Greg Berhalter has asked him to do, and and was still omitted over a Jesus Ferreira, who again, very talented player, brings a lot to the table. But if we're talking about form, he was not in form to end the season, and this theme of bringing in guys this world cup roster has a theme of bringing in guys who have not featured for the U S men's national team. I'm looking at it now. Haji Wright has featured three total times for the U S men's national team with one goal. Um, that that's it. He, he played for the U 23s back in 2019. And other than this year has not played for the U S men's national team other than three times. And that's that we talk about this a lot. The consistency is in my personal opinion, going to be a problem. Greg doesn't think so, but in my personal opinion, that's going to be an issue, especially with no games to practice with any of these guys before the world cup. So I think there's an interesting question to be asked before Ricardo Pepe made the move to the Bundesliga. He had several conversations with Greg Berhalter, as I imagine several conversations with his agent, with FC Dallas, But it was always, if you go to Europe and propel your career forward, you're more likely to feature for the men's national team. So he left FC Dallas, giving the spotlight to Jesus Ferreira. And now you have Ferreira taking his place on the men's national team. So where's the consistency between saying, definitely go to Europe. It's going to help your men's national team career. What if he had stayed in Dallas, though? He'd be scoring much more than Jesus Ferreira because we saw him do that in MLS. He was thriving week in and week out. He was scoring goals. He was propelling FC Dallas forward. It wasn't until he left that 
Jesus Ferreira really truly took that spotlight. So yeah, there's there's a real conversation to be had that Jesus Ferreira is nowhere near the U.S. Men's National Team if Ricardo Pepe stays at FC Dallas for at least another year or another year and a half. There's a serious conversation to be had about that, I think, and because Pepe would have dominated the the MLS, I think I don't think that there would have been any question about that. But he did what was asked of him. He went to Germany, um, and I think. It's weird. The, the the Greg dynamic, the the Burhalter dynamic is such a weird thing because um, it's like he, he keeps a lot of these MLS players that he like likes and and like like the Aaron Longs, the the Jesus, like guys who were in the MLS who may not necessarily be the best option, but he keeps a lot of those guys around. But then he also asks guys to go over to seas and go play in Europe because they'll be they'll be better over there and have a better like again consistency consistency consistency. It's a problem with this used men's national team, and I think that's why a lot of people have started to turn on Greg because there there is none of it. Yeah, it begs the question: Do you stay comfortable in a team that you know you can score at, or do you take that leap of faith that your coach is asking of you mm-hmm. or propelling you to? And it's, yeah. and it's a case across national teams. We see it in Mexico as well. I won't dive into it too much because I know we're going to do another episode on Tuesday delving into the Canadian men's national team and the Mexican men's national team. But Santiago Jimenez made the jump from Cruz Azul, Liga MX, to Eredivisie with Feyenoord, doing extremely well, one of the top scorers in Europa League. And he is most likely not going to make that cut. So mm-hmm. that question remains across the globe, but I think it's more evident with a player like Ricardo Pepe, who, when he was in MLS, was very much a prominent figure for Greg Berhalter's squad and now is doing well at Eredivisie and has been cut. But moving on to a couple other players, I, and you know this, was particularly happy to see Sean Johnson in this squad. I do not think a goalkeeper deserves it more. A lot of people were talking about Slonina. A lot of people were um, commenting on Zach Steffen. Again, I think there's a question to be asked there. Had he stayed at Man City, would would he be included? Or was his move just considered a downgrade, even though he's seeing much more time on that field? But I am a huge believer in Sean Johnson's capabilities. I think he's proven in MLS how good he can be. He was the starting goalkeeper for NYCFC, leading them to um, the playoffs really, really well up on there on the Eastern Conference table after winning a championship last year. So his name there, I think, is a redemption. And I do want to point out that when we spoke to him a couple weeks ago, he did not believe that he could make the squad. He had been the only goalkeeper, only player that we spoke to in a pool of players that had not spoken directly to Greg Berhalter. He said, there's a couple camps coming up where I have an opportunity, but, and we'll play the clip entirely, but he had been the only player to say, I have not spoken directly to Greg Berhalter, which was an interesting take given that Morris said he spoke to Greg Berhalter, Jesus Ferreira, Paul Ariola, all said that they spoke directly to the head coach. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it was definitely a shock because this is where, it, and again, I, I don't blame, again, it, it's hard because the consistency, like 
Greg leaving out Zach Steffen is probably one of the biggest things for me that shows he's he's not stuck in his own ways, right? Because like there, there's a lot of things that he does and a lot of things that I don't understand. But to leave out Zach Steffen for for Burhalter personally, I think is is a huge deal with the connection that he's had to him. You know, Stefan was a guy that Burhalter had at Columbus Crew, a guy that they have a very close relationships relationship with, and a guy that, when asked about it, Greg said it was heartbreaking. How do you tell a guy who has been there for you time in and time again, time out, to that that he's not going to make his dream of making the World Cup something he's dreamed of forever, and has again done a lot of the things that have been asked of him again. When you look at Zach Steffen's case, knee issues, injuries, personally, I don't think if he stays at Man City, it's any different because he's still starting behind Ederson. He still probably has some of those issues. Um, And Matt Turner has been phenomenal. I think Matt Turner has been great. Um, But I don't, I, I, I think it shows at least a little bit that Greg isn't going to sit there and do things because. That's just what he's been doing, and he's not gonna. He has no room for improvement or whatever, or his thought process isn't improving, at least in that aspect. In other aspects, no. But to your point, he hasn't changed. Zach Steffen hasn't changed. His mistakes were the same prior to Concacaf qualifiers, during and after. Mm. Now he's just seeing more time on the field to work out those kinks. Yeah, but he was used predominantly during his time in Man City when he wasn't seeing time and was a second goalkeeper. Now he's not once he sees more time on the field. So would you rather have a coach that believes in his system that mm-hmm. is set in his ways because he believes in what he's doing or a coach who's going to be inconsistent bringing in new players ahead of the World Cup without any friendlies because you have other national teams playing. Canada played Baran today. Um, Mexico played a Iraq a couple days ago and they're playing Sweden ahead of the World Cup so you're bringing in new players that while to many says they've been doing better to me says I didn't believe in my system and so now we're making changes yeah so I mean again I think timing of it has it has something to do with it as well I think the timing of no World Cup like if he did this in September you're like okay okay he they at least have these games to work out and it was another problem with me personally if you're putting Haji right up against and and Berhalter said just to go back to the strikers real quick, Berhalter said if in September the decisions were made, he would have taken Pifok. How was he not on the U.S. Men's National Team roster for September camp? Then I, that didn't make quite much sense to me. And I get the timing thing. I, I understand for Zach, but for me personally, like as as you guys will probably learn over the course of this, I'm an Everton fan, and I've dealt with yeah. multiple managers who have literally just not done anything new and just been set in their ways. And so personally, if it's done earlier, it, like the timing of it is very bad. And that's why I don't like bringing in the likes of Tim Ream now, Zach Steffen now, Haji right now, guys who I've not featured in this group for forever. But I also don't hate the idea of Burhalter, maybe not this close to the World Cup, but I don't hate the idea of him saying, okay, I was wrong because I feel like he's a guy who has not said that ever. But I don't even think he's saying it now. 
at least not publicly. Well, I don't his think he's actions, saying it, but yeah, I think his actions are saying that. His actions to me transmit insecurities. Who's that number two? Your starting goalkeeper at the moment, he said, I'm leaning towards Matt Turner. He wasn't the prominent figure during the World Cup qualifiers. If you are inconsistent and you are concerned about your starting 11 nine days before the first whistle, if I was a U.S. men's national team fan, I would be extremely concerned. Yeah, but, I, I, I agree. I'm not disagreeing with you there. I totally agree. Talking about, I think, defenders and midfielders, there's a lot of new figures in there that were obviously based on injuries. Miles Robinson, Chris Richards. Sadly, they won't be headed to Qatar. They would have if they were healthy, which I think is an extremely sad posture on their end. But not many surprises, at least on my end there. Just Malik just Tim Tillman. Ream. Yeah, just mm. Tim Ream, really, I think is the big surprise for everybody. Not because of how he's been playing, just because of the fact that he hasn't been featured in a year for the U.S. Men's National Team. Last time he featured was September of 2021. So, again... And when asked this question, I think it was um, one of the, I think it was Sam and I can't pronounce his last name because I don't know how to <laughs> from the athletic. Uh, I think it's Steskel from the athletic. Um, he asked the question, Tim Ream hasn't featured in a year. Why is he on this team? And Greg's answer was, have you seen him play for Fulham? That's great. That's great. But it doesn't do anything for me with the U S men's national team, because I think it's very obvious to point out that those are two separate entities. Like those are two completely separate things. Completely. I think people need to realize club performances and world cup performances as well as international performances are completely different. Leading a club and leading country are two incredibly different things. And I think Greg Berhalter is depending a lot on club performances, but you simply don't have that time, nor do you have players who know each other. Mm. So if you're expecting chemistry in front of Wales with players you haven't put together before, you will not see that or to the extent that you expect to. So, yeah. And I I think it's more so in the defense than the, than the attack, right? I I think if you bring in guys who are in form in the attack, it's, you know, you can be in form, if you're in form and you're finding those ways in good spaces as a striker, I think you could score goals. It may not be great. You know, Haji Wright isn't going to hop in with Pulisic and <laughs> Pulisic and, and Reyna around him and just be perfect there. And that's a problem. But I think it's even more of a problem on defense when you're going to put a guy in Tim Ream, who, if I recall, if, I, if I'm thinking correctly, I don't think has ever played in front of Matt Turner. So if you're going to put him in the squad in any sense, he's played along Anthony Robinson, which is great, and that's awesome. But he hasn't played in front of Matt Turner. I don't think he's played alongside Walker Zimmerman very much. And that's a role, in my personal opinion, that the chemistry needs to be perfect in the center back role, especially if you're going up against Gareth Bale or Harry Kane or Phil Foden, that those Mason, like those types of guys. So. Yeah, I think it's he's 
definitely going for a system. I just don't think he even knows what that system is. We've and talked about this. We're not sure he knows what system he's We're not sure for. he knows. <laughs> um, so that'll definitely be interesting. For sure. It'll be fun for sure and entertaining nonetheless. I don't know for which fan base, but entertaining for the neutrals. We're all rooting for chaos. Um, so next week, we're going to dive into the U.S. men's national team again and Mexican national team, Canadian men's national team, everything coming up with the World Cup being so close. Before we go into that, let's answer this question. If you can make one swap, which one would it be? I, I would make many, personally. But you but, only make one. If you can make one, what would it be? I think it would be Paul Ariola for Jordan Morris. Oh, that's a good one. I, I, I don't hate that. I, I And I've done – I'm very much on the Mark McKenzie – train i i would have brought mark mckenzie in over tim ream i you know you look at mark mckenzie hasn't given up more than one goal in any of the games that he's played for and he's played basically all of them for gank in the belgian league i'm guessing based on greg's answers that this has something to do with physicality of the belgian uh, league if you ask it i uh, would <laughs> yeah, i'm guessing that's what the answer would be but i i really do like mark mckenzie i think he's good with the ball at his feet i think he's quick which is something that this team is going to lack at the center back position. So, you know, I, I just, I worry about players getting in behind. So we'll see. Yeah. I think the U S men's national team keep boasting that they're going to be the youngest roster. Um, to me, that just screams inexperience. You have one <laughs> player who has seen world cup time with, but that was always going to be the case. That was always going to be the case. I think. Right, but if you have the same team that's been featuring for Greg Berhalter yeah. throughout the World Cup qualifiers and you know that they mesh well together and they play well, they know each other, they trust each other, mm -hmm. I think we're going to see a lot of individuals on that field. We won't see a team. Have, but, we seen, have we seen a team yet? I think you can make the argument we haven't seen a team in a very long time for the U.S. men's national team. Probably. I, since would, I would stress in a very long time. I think we the, have. I think we haven't seen it in a very long time. Yeah, like probably the last time we saw it was around the time and I don't mean to bring this up, but around the time of beating Mexico in the Gold, Gold Cup. I think oh, that's that a was very when... interesting point of view. <laughs> I, think, so cool. I think yeah, that's probably I think that's probably the best we've seen them play, and it's been a while since we've seen them play like that. Yes, and it had to be against Mexico. Anyway, so <laughs> next week, we're going to be talking about absolutely everything. Um, Can't we wait. Will be, we will be bringing weekly um, World Cup content. And we will be doing episodes after each round so that you're caught up on all CONCACAF and North American soccer over in Qatar. Thank you so much for listening. And yeah, hope to see you next week. Peace. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.